Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you're here today. In today's podcast, Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, and I will be talking about compliant children. Typically, parents come to us for coaching or take one of our online courses because of different struggles, often with the child in the family who's not compliant. But compliant children have a lot going on under the surface. And since working to understand what's under the surface is the place that we most often start, let's dive in. So welcome back to the podcast, Lynn. Hey, good to be here, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you. We have a lot of fun when we get to be together on this podcast. And I know that in preparation for this episode, you sent out a survey to our insiders team. That's our team that we get to ask questions and they send us feedback. I'm from the Facebook group as well. Oh, did we? Discipline that connects alumni contributed some. Oh, fantastic. I love that. Yep. Well, what did you hear from them? So many things. Pages, <laughs> yes. Pages. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of insight just on this topic that we will be diving into shortly. Right. You mean there's just a few compliant people in the world? A few. Yeah. <laughs> Who are now parenting compliant children. Uh, yes. And sometimes <laughs> non-compliant children, which is quite <laughs> an interesting pairing. Oh, yes. All right. Okay. Well, let's dive in with the question. When is compliance a problem? And when isn't it? This is just the question every parent's asking all the time, right? Like, is this really an issue or not? So help us get our bearings. Well, I wish that there was just a real simple, here's the one sentence answer to that, but that's not really the case. Definitely compliance is influenced by personality. There are some kids that just, their nervous systems aren't stressed. They have no internal drive to control situations or stand up for themselves and be defiant. Um, but, and that's a good thing. It's a God-given gift, you know, because if all of us were non-compliant people, <laughs> <laughs> like me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it would be a challenge. But you know, with any good gift, it can just go to an extreme. And that's what we want to be talking about today is when does that gift of compliance go too far, where it's a combination of that maybe gentle or perfectionistic personality type, and then some environmental factors that put more stress on kids and make them feel anxious, like they need to comply in order to feel okay and feel good. So, okay. So I like the image of like a continuum. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, where in this sliding line do you land? And there's a whole healthy section. And then there's a section of that where maybe, maybe we've got a yellow light or a red light, or we just, you know, yeah. Some alarm bells are going on that we need to think about. Right. Right. So, and we want to call that maybe an overly compliant. So when we get into the the, the part of that line that means we need to, as parents think about, mm, maybe we need to, you know, bring some more wisdom that we would call that overly compliant. Yes. Although the things that we'll be talking about to help an overly compliant child are just good for any child. So don't okay. tune out if, if you're not concerned, you can still learn some good things today. Okay. All right. So for today's conversation, if we just say compliant, we're really talking about the overly compliant children. Mm -hmm. So Lynn, what are some risk factors that produce overcompliance? Well, certainly, 
you know, a sensitive temperament where, you know, one person wrote, I grew up guessing what people were thinking and trying to adjust my behavior and choices accordingly. You know, that super perceptive tuned into people's faces that can set kids up for just wanting to make sure that everyone's, you know, faces and interactions are peaceful. And so a sensitive temperament can be kind of a starting place, certainly a family member who is struggling, and it can be a sibling or a parent. We got a lot of comments about that. A parent struggled with big emotions and their happiness was always more important than my own happiness. And then birth order, it can be the oldest of multiple kids who's like hyper responsible, or Stacy had a little different perspective, which I think there is- were four, there were four of us in our family. And it was the number three child in my family. He was so compliant. I remember him actually saying, I wasn't going to get all the spankings like you did, Stacy. <laughs> We don't advocate spanking, but but that was my experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got plenty of zip there, don't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I did. also that it was our third born that was compliant. And then we know another friend who was super compliant and he had the same kind of thing as you. It's like I watched my older brother and I thought, well, that's really dumb. Why does he keep doing that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then they begin to build an identity around, this is my corner of the family dynamics. I'm in the good corner. So Mm -hmm. a little bit of pride there, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, One parent actually wrote in about lack of boundaries that her parents were just so they kind of let her do whatever she wanted and didn't set good boundaries. And so she, she felt like if she pushed the envelope, she didn't know how far that would go. And so she really kind of towed the line herself, made up her own lines to tow, but that wasn't helpful for her. And it's really interesting because it kind of goes with some research is that if you take some boundaries away from kids, you know, like they're in a fenced in area and then the fence comes down, they're used to playing within the fence and the fence comes down, they can get really insecure. And perfectionism can also be an issue. And I found that I sort of struggled with that. And in some ways, I was also a compliant child. So yeah, that's the reasons. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe our audience is asking, well, what are the behaviors that an overly compliant child has? We've already mentioned people pleasing, but are there any other outward signs or, or what should a parent be looking for to think about their child being overly compliant? Well, we actually have a pretty solid list in the blog post that accompanies this, but you know, things like sort of competitiveness, like, oh, I'm the good child or, oh, I would never have done that. You know, when the child starts to compare themselves to someone that's behaving poorly, when you sense that you just can't quite get through to where is this child really feeling, you know, what's going on um, under the surface, or maybe there's just not quite the connection because they're just always... You don't know really what they really feel. Those might be a few, but we have a pretty solid list in the post about that. Awesome. Well, these parents who wrote in to your question to them on Facebook and on emails, um, they're now adults. What's been the impact now that they're adults having been overly compliant children? Well, it was really interesting because somebody said that their perfectionism and people pleasing has developed into more generalized anxiety in life and a lot of paralyzing guilt. Another one said really good at accepting other struggles and advocating for other people's needs, but having a hard time and articulating and then identifying my own needs. And I relate to that, you know, and kind of the over serving Mm -hmm. that's kind of been my 
manifestation of, of all of this as I'm just right there to meet needs and make sure everybody's happy and all that. Some people are sick of having been so compliant and oh, they, yeah. they've switched and now they're like, okay, I was under everyone's thumb mm-hmm. for so long. And now I'm tired of that. I don't know if you've had any insights about that, Stacy. Yeah. I think then it's kind of a chip in your shoulder kind of personality then that's, I've got to fight for my voice and my place in the world because I, for so long felt under. Yeah. Mm, That's hard. Another parent wrote, I've had a negative relationship with negative emotions. I stuff down emotions until I'm triggered and then I explode. And I could see that as well. Another person said they had trouble later in life. Similar to this, they just didn't know how to process difficult emotions when they started having them. And so their problems with their parents came much later in life. Interesting. Right. I mean, I would say if you're a compliant, overly compliant person, then you have such a high need for peace Mm -hmm. and no conflict. So then you really need everything to be okay. Right. And if everything is okay, then you're okay. So if other people want to have conflict or they want to deal with things in life, then that's really hard for them. And then that feels unsafe to them to have any type of conflict. I can see that being a result. Yeah. And that really fits with the gal who said it sort of morphed into anxiety. It's like life gets more complicated (laughs) as you get older and trying to keep everybody happy is very complicated. Yeah make for a lot more anxiety. And then there's the opposite side of, well, I'm not going to do that. So now I'm going to, it's payback time. Mm -hmm. So that has to be a very unsettled feeling for the adults that are in that on either spectrum, you Mm -hmm. know, not being able to deal with conflict or hard emotion, or then feeling like you have to fight for your place. This has to affect parenting because these, (laughs) you know, every family has the compliant child probably, or the harder child that they're struggling with too. So how does it affect their parenting? Well, it was, it was really interesting, again, getting contributions from people. One person said, it's really hard to help my child handle big emotions when I feel like I've never been you know, taught that myself. Yeah. So I feel paralyzed, trapped by my anger, frustration, guilt, fear, just like I don't have the equipment now to help my child who has big emotions. And certainly if you were the one that always suppressed your emotions and that's still your style, then it could feel really judgmental. Oh my gosh, what is the big deal with this intense child? And oh, my compliant child, that gives me a break. Yeah. Right. I think it's judgmental. It also could be scary. Yes, for sure. For the adult, because because now they don't know what to do to meet this child's needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. And that was kind of in it, you know, trapped fear. And that can cause some parents to just be passive or lenient. It's like, mm-hmm. I just gotta let them, you know, do their thing so that mm-hmm. I can keep the, the water smooth here, you know, kind of tiptoeing on eggshells with a, a child. Right. Pretty typical. We see that in our coaching with parents, you know, parents that come for coaching that there's one more, more passive and one that dives into maybe some of those emotions and can deal with Uh, it more. uh Right. In terms of the parents. Yes. There's often a more passive parent and then one that's going to more take charge. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, An interesting comment that one parent said, and I kind of related to this also, I was a compliant child that who learned that invisibility was desirable and people pleasing became my identity. 
I thought that's pretty insightful. Yeah. And that's really a key too, that this is an issue is when identity is built around that. And she said, my compliant daughters picked up on that and think of their needs as bad. There have been times when, you know, I'm just working away in the kitchen and I'm just doing all the things and just trying to keep, you know, everything running smoothly. And who will I ask for help? My daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she, she kind of busted me on that. And I went, Oh yeah, wait a minute, let's redo this <laughs> and get some broad spectrum help from people instead of just assuming we're the ones that should sacrifice our needs. Okay, hold up. I need to understand this a little bit more. You were saying like, you're the girl, so you should come in and help me and we're going to sacrifice for everyone. Is that what you were saying, Lynn? It just happened once. And okay. then we realized the dynamic and mm-hmm. it it doesn't happen like that anymore. But yes, like I'm the one that will get up first after dinner and do all the typical I serve, I do the the kind things. And I mean, it's not like the guys in the house are slugs. They're not. No, but, I know. I know, Jim. And I know your sons. I, yeah. yeah, right. But I'm kind of the hyper responder. So I noticed one time that when I needed extra help, I asked my daughter, we had a conversation about that on the spot, which was really good and really healthy. And then I went, wait a minute, what is the message that I'm getting here that <laughs> I'm giving to her? Right. And so, yeah, so we talked about it and, and moved on. But that's kind of the danger is that, you know, if you're a compliant parent and you have naturally compliant kids that they can just go, okay, this is how life works. This is mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that, you know, with my kids, it's a lot easier to ask the compliant child to do the task. Mm-hmm. than the more non-compliant child. And I've certainly had to watch myself with mm-hmm. that and really think through, I don't, I don't want to be a family that's always worried about fair. We're not, right. but it's an element, you know, that I consider. And I think, have I asked her a lot to do a lot of things <laughs> versus the other child? And so, yeah, just catch myself in that. Yeah, it's, it's good thought. And we'll, we'll never get it perfect. But if we can keep talking about it, and just thinking, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? And you know, what, what would the Lord's grace look like in this situation, and then just bring stuff out into authenticity and transparency. And then that's how you change patterns over time. That's really good. Give us some hope as adults, you know, the adults who are listening, who are compliant and are really resonating with the things that you've been reading as far as people's experiences as a child and then parenting children. What's some hope? Well, just that God can do such things in adult, you know, throughout our lives for healing. One mom said that as she recognized she needed to advocate for her children, she just became a lot more assertive and recognized, wait, I deserve to be advocated for as well. Hmm. I thought that was really insightful. And then another gala, Katie of Connected Families Certified Parent Coach said, God's word and encouragement at church to have a relationship with God gave me a safe place, acceptance and grace that my parents fear and shame based parenting style didn't give me. So just that healing from the body of Christ and God's word, we've seen amazing things happen in parents lives over time. That's so good. God's word heals. And we always are seeking God's grace, God's truth 
to infiltrate all of our systems and our personalities and all of the things. And we always want to go back to his word. And that's our number one. Well, we're going to go to a break, but after the break, we are going to dive into parenting a compliant child. What are some pitfalls and what are some tools? You know, we love giving tools around here, don't we, Lynn? Absolutely. Okay. After the break. Do you imagine your kids would be best friends with a house full of laughter, fun, and cute memory-making moments? Here you are struggling with constant fighting, badgering, and teasing. You know your kids are capable of a close relationship, but even with all your effort, you feel like you're getting nowhere. And sometimes you wonder if you're making things even worse. Well, what if you could use the inevitable conflict between your kiddos and actually strengthen their relationship? We want you to know it is possible. Connected Families has a self-paced five-session online course that's called Sibling Conflict. Follow the link in our show notes to register and help move your kids from bickering to bonding. Okay, Lynn, well, we're back after the break and we're talking about overly compliant children. We've already covered the fact that compliance kind of is on a spectrum of really healthy to overly compliant, which is an unhealthy area. And so today we're talking about the overly part of it. And so we're moving now to how do we parent a compliant child? What are some pitfalls and what are some tools? So let's start with the pitfalls. Well, a lot of those came from parents looking back to see what was going on that was hard for me. And one parent, it was just they, you know, when parents kept asking more and more because it was convenient. Another person talked about comparisons with her sister. My sister, who was not compliant, was always compared to me as if I was supposed to be the standard to follow. And she said, my parents didn't intend to do this. They probably didn't even realize it. So just really being careful about subtle comparisons. And that's probably true with any topic, isn't it? I mean, oh, it could be sure. grades, it could be yeah. skills or, you know, yeah, playing an instrument, really anything. We don't want to compare our kids to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And one way that that can show up, and we talk about it in the blog post that's paired with this, is like if there's a blow up with explosive child and they storm off, then what is the message that the child that's still around gets? When the parents process, it's like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? She is just a piece of work. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying, oh, you're the angel child and she's not. It comes out as a, a comparison. So watching what we say about that other child when the compliant child is around is important. That is so key. I, I think about that. I think I've already mentioned in this episode, I have a compliant and a non-compliant. And I was so aware of that. And I think that the teaching in discipline that connects that has been really significant for me as I've parented both is the gifts gone awry. It showed up in different ways, but in this way, I can remember wanting to be really careful that mm. I was calling out the gifts gone awry in my non-compliant child, because I didn't want her, you know, to, they're both girls to think, oh, I'm better because I'm not causing a problem or, or whatever. Right. It was like, I see the good in both. I see the good in, in both of you and calling that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really good. 
Yeah, just just really recognizing, you know, if you have a strong personality in particular, and you have a compliant child, you know, one one parent said, my parent made me feel like I didn't have much to contribute to a conversation. Even now, as an adult, I feel that way with her. So that was, I thought that was really profound and a good pitfall. It's like, wow, do you feel like your kids really have a lot to say in a conversation? And how can you draw that out? So let's just take a second, because if there's someone listening, they're wondering, help me with that. Do you just have even one thing for that parent that feels like they just don't even know how to have the conversation with their child? Well, I think looking for optimum times when that child is the most conversational and then just starting with lighthearted questions, you know, what's your favorite such and such? So that it's it's drawing out their opinions and their thoughts, but at a time when they feel the most safe and secure. Because if they're stressed, that's when they're going to shut down to try to keep the peace. Yes. So for those opportune moments, whether it's driving in the car or bedtime. Another thing that helps when you've got a child that's just struggling to share their heart is to just do a shared activity with them. Yeah. And let that conversation just happen naturally. For um, sure. I think that's really good, even for those parents who have a hard time knowing that they have something to offer to those hard conversations, right? It's hard for them to know what what am I going to say? How do I get into it? Like, go out and play basketball, right? Like if they're smaller, color, color picture with your child and then just listen, just, Mm -hmm. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? And don't feel like you have to say anything or give advice. Right. Yeah. A lot of people commented on how much they appreciated when parents made one-to-one time for them. And so some of those activities will open up conversations and some of them won't, but mm-hmm, right. Um, yeah. Super helpful. It's good. Well, we're still kind of in this area where we're blending the line though, but we're in the area of pitfalls. We're meant to move into tools. We're kind of <laughs> dripping them in, <laughs> which I think is, is just fine. But did we finish pitfalls Lynn, or is there anything else you'd like us to know? One more quick little pitfall is just a parent notice that when they have to work more, her kids got a bit more compliant. So just that sense of busyness, a sense of stress on the family can kind of make, it's kind of a watershed issue. It can make more defiant kids that struggle with defiance, more defiant, and then the compliant kids more compliant. So just Mm -hmm. kind of being aware if you're seeing that dynamic polarize Mm -hmm. and just take a look at how much am I working? Are there other stressors that maybe we're processing in front of the kids that they are feeling like our whole family is in stress because then kids go to their corners and do their roles more strongly to try to kind of keep the family system stable. Mm -hmm. Which is not entirely wrong and, and, you know, can be a healthy system, but I think, right. What you're saying, my thinking really practically is it's such a great opportunity for the parent to be aware of it. And then to have the conversation with their child, like, Hey, I see you giving more. I see you doing more. You know, I'm working more. How are you doing? You know, is there anything to fix here? Like, I want you to know, even though I'm busy, I'm here for you. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. And we just moved into another tool. We did. (laughs) Okay. Let's move into the tools for real. We have a few more to mention. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the first one, right, is understanding. We're always going under the surface. Yeah. What's going on under the surface of us as parents? This is the foundation or, of our connected families framework. But mm-hmm. it's what's going on under the surface of our kids? Can you yeah. just say more about that understanding piece? Yeah, well, I've got some really good insight from Bonnie Williams. She's also another Connected Family Certified Parent Coach. And she said, understanding why what's going on in the surface is really important. Is it a natural part of their personality, a fear of failure, a fear of getting in trouble, fear of embarrassment? And just to be aware, are they rebellious on the inside? And that's what you really can be looking for, too, is just the sideways comments, kind of the, 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 the pride, the barbs, just the little indications that they are really struggling on the inside. So, and then so that you can go below the surface with your child and help them unpack beliefs about each one of those things. You know, if it's a fear of failure, then you can start talking about failure and how God has used it to shape people and how we can't learn unless we risk failure. You could address each one of those embarrassment. You know, are we determined to please everyone and what happens with that. So once you understand the underlying issue, then you can work with it a lot more and help your child have the kind of beliefs that will begin to mitigate the source of the overcompliance instead of just, you know, trying to get them to act different. I think that's really good. And one of the things that I always did with my children, especially my compliant child was, I was working to understand what was going on under the surface to determine where this behavior is on my spectrum. We talked about that at the very beginning, right? Like, Mm -hmm. am I dealing with overly compliance or is this okay? You know, what is going on under the surface? And I I can remember this kind of coming out sometimes in her not wanting to to make a decision on maybe like where we would go play for the day or when she's with her friends. And and it, it felt like the friends were just determining what was going on all day long. And she'd be like, okay, okay, okay. You know, and 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 I felt like is she just being compliant and this is overly compliant. And so I had conversations with her about that. She said, no, mom, I really don't care. I'm happy playing with whatever. So it was a me working to understand, was this a problem or not? That was one way that I worked to dig under the surface. Yeah. It's it's interesting. You know, as you talk about that, I'm just an idea popped into my head of kind of having kids take turns sort of driving the bus. Mm-hmm. So that they can experience that, wow, I get to have the things I prefer, you know, yeah. so maybe one Saturday morning, the more strong personality child is going to pick the activities for the morning. And then the next Saturday morning, the more compliant child does. Mm-hmm. And so they each get that experience. And then you can process that of, well, how was that for you? How was that for you just going along with your sibling? How was it for you leading? Did that feel a little weird or unsettling or, you know, so just Mm -hmm. experimenting with that. So having kids take turns coming up with ideas is another way to kind of help kids practice that. I appreciate that a lot because I was always thinking through like, is this a pattern, this giving in all the time, a pattern or not? Am I seeing enough times where she is seeing what she wants? Right. I love what you said when we were chatting before we started recording about you just wanted to be so aware of not squashing God's beautiful gift of compassion and service and sensitivity and the flexibility, but yet, you know, just to hold that gift with tenderness and not 
allow it to become identity, to become obligatory, all those kinds of things. Jim noticed that with our daughter, that she was kind of, you know, she could tend to be overly compliant and had a very strong personality, older brother. He worked on that very specifically with her. And he would say to her, Bethany, if you love me, you'll give me a kiss. And she'd go, okay, daddy. And she'd come trotting over and he'd go, no, no, wait, that's not the way it works. You can love me and not give me a kiss. Mm -hmm. Oh, so then he'd set her up to practice that Mm -hmm. and would say, you know, he just kind of pop this in and out of conversations every once in a while and go, Bethany, if you love me, you'll give me a kiss. And she'll go, no, daddy, that's not the way it works. (laughs) And we have laughed about that off and on, you know, as she grew up, but it was like a defining thing. Daddy, that's not the way it works. I can love you and not give you a kiss. <laughs> that was really helpful because there was one grandmother that was so wonderfully affectionate. And Bethany was very sensory sensitive about those wet kisses. <laughs> say, no, thank you, grandma. <laughs> so, but she has become, you know, she still struggles with some people pleasing and she's still working on it, but yet she's very, she's a very strong person and does speak up a lot now. Anyway, just a little side story, but that you know, can be very clear about training that assertiveness for kids. Mm-hmm. What are a few other tools as we wrap up this session for building up our compliant kids? I really like what Marnie, another CF certified parent coach said, she said, I've been working on helping my son. She's got a 17 year old. That's always been compliant, feel seen and loved, find his verse, find his voice, share his feelings instead of build resentment. I'm very watchful of his facial expressions and body language and have learned to ask curious questions with him and leave lots of space to help him access his agency. I thought that was really cool. And another coach, the original one I quoted, Bonnie, she just said, it's really important how you respond when kids do share things, because if they know that you're not going to get upset, then they're going to feel so much more of a freedom to share. Another good idea from a parent was just, they just have started doing this, practicing the, this is how I'm feeling right now kind of statements, because that was not a part of their family of origin. So this is how I'm feeling right now. Talking about that as a family, just that God cares about our feelings and wants us to tell him what we think and what we want. And that's such an important part of our relationship with him. And then finally, this was another great tip was just the mom whose daughters had watched her put everyone's needs ahead of hers. And we're doing the same. She says, I started saying your needs are a delight to them and also to myself. And I just think that's so beautiful to just say we're created with needs so that we can be connected with others. And they're so important. My relationships with them are so much richer as I step back to admire and enjoy them instead of just tying my emotions to them. So again, it goes back to beliefs, helping kids with beliefs, you know, help them understand it is not your job to manage everybody's moods and emotions and to Mm -hmm. be very specific about teaching that it's not your job to manage everyone's emotions. Your needs are a delight. And you can tell me right now how you're feeling. And I will share the same with you. It's good. And as parents, that's an important 
tool to work with our compliant children, overly compliant children with. Mm -hmm. I can think of many times when it was my friend invited me over and I don't really want to go, but they're going to feel bad if I don't go. And so how, you know, how do I talk through that kind of situation with my child? you know, and what are your needs right now? And, and then, yeah, the hard part, Lynn, is knowing that you're going to disappoint that friend. And then how do you talk through that also? Well, and that's, you know, that's part of that teaching about the belief. Is it necessarily good for that friend to always have what they want? Mm-hmm. Or is it okay for that friend to learn to work through disappointment mm-hmm. and change some plans and whatever? just like you've learned to do that. So when they can see that, you know, it's not their responsibility to keep that person happy, because that can create a really selfish person. If everyone around that person is always doing that, Mm -hmm. what happens to that person? And I would just ask kids that, you know, if everyone always makes life perfect and easy for someone, what happens to that person? Well, that's why it's also important for you to share your needs and your ideas so they can learn to be flexible and they can learn to deal with disappointment as well. It's really good. And it just reminds me so much of the Connected Families Framework. And we talk about the foundation all the time. It's the place that us parents start. What's going on inside of me? Mm -hmm. Such a crucial question to the whole conversation that we had today as we work through our own stories and our own personalities and our own place on the compliance continuum. And, you know, and then think through like, how is that affecting how I'm parenting my child? And, you know, if it's the the stronger child or the more compliant child? Why am I showing up the way that I'm showing up? And then what's going on inside of them and the work that we do as parents ourselves, it's just modeling so well to our kids Mm -hmm. to do that work themselves. And I just think, you know, just how much better set up for life they are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Marnie said that several of the coaches said that about the connected families framework. She says it's been such a gift. I've mm-hmm. seen a big change in him because of it. He's learned to speak up more instead of just going along to get along and navigating challenges at his first job has given us lots to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be always be opportunities as kids grow to go back and rework things. Navigating through the the framework can just set you up to be connected with them in a way that when they hit those bumps that are caused by being overly compliant, you can just be right alongside to help coach them through that. And I just feel like there's so much hope knowing that we are on a continuum. It might just take a little bit of a tap to get over to a more healthy side. It might not take much, yeah. yeah, but we know that God has made them so uniquely and there's just so much gifting, you know, underneath a compliant child, there's just compassion and there's peacemaking. There's beautiful gifts that our world needs being a servant to others. These are characters that God loves to see in his children. Oh, for sure. It's good. Lynn, this was a rich conversation. I loved it, especially having a compliant child mm-hmm. in our home. I know many of us do. So thanks for being with us today. Oh, it was fun. I learned a few things about myself along the way. <laughs> <laughs> we always do, don't we? There's never an end to learning. Yep. Well, thanks for tuning in today, friends. 
Are you interested in diving deeper and learning more about the online course called Sibling Conflict from Bickering to Bonding? We have a special promotion that's ending this month. It's a pay what you can offer for the course. You can go to our show notes to get all the information on that course. You can also get information on the Connected Families Certified Parent Coach Program. We mentioned that quite a few times in our podcast today. Well, while you're there, would you please rate and review so others can find us more easily? And if this podcast has been helpful, consider sharing it with a friend. These steps are so helpful to spread God's grace and truth to more parents. Well, for more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,